Hello, thank you for joining me for Scripture Daily. Today we are reading the book of Leviticus, chapter 1, along with a few introductions from a couple different versions of Bible, and also with Dr. J. Vernon McGee's intro to the book of Leviticus. So today's recording will be a little bit longer than usual. However, I am pretty sure that you will enjoy it just as much as I do. We'll start with Dr. J. Vernon McGee's notes for Leviticus. So the writer is Moses. And the place in the book of Leviticus, the children of Israel were marking time at Mount Sinai. The book opens and concludes at the same geographical spot, Mount Sinai, where God gave the law. Exodus concludes with the tabernacle constructed and the glory of the Lord filling it. Leviticus gives the order and rules of worship in the tabernacle. The Hebrew word veikra opens the book and it means, and he called. God moves into the tabernacle and speaks from there rather than from Mount Sinai. He calls the people to him and tells them how to come. This is the exact meaning of the church, ecclesia, called out ones. The Lord Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. John 10 verse 27. The purpose. This is the one book that the critic is categorically convinced should not be in the Bible. Dr. John Haynes Holmes, the humanist, has said, the book of Leviticus is not fit to be in the Bible. In contradistinction to this extremely biased opinion, others with equal scholarship find it to be a very important book. Dr. S. H. Kellogg called it the greatest book in the Bible. Dr. Albert C. Dudley called it the most important book in the Bible. Dr. Parker said, Considered as embracing the history of one month only, this may claim to be the most remarkable book in the Old Testament. This book was given to Israel for direction in living as a holy nation in fellowship with a holy God. It was a code of law for the total well-being of Israel, physical, moral, and spiritual. Sacrifice, ceremony, ritual, liturgy, instructions, washings, convocations, holy days, observances, conditions, and warnings crowd this book. All of these physical exercises were given to teach spiritual truths. Paul states that these things were our examples. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 6. Leviticus reveals Christ. Tyndale, in his prologue into the third book of Moses, said, Though sacrifices and ceremonies can be no ground or foundation to build upon, that is, though we can prove not with them, Yet, when we have once found Christ and his mysteries, then we may borrow figures, that is to say, allegories, similitudes, and examples, to open Christ and the secrets of God hid in Christ, even unto the quick, and can declare them more lively and sensibly with them than with all the words of the world. For us, it gives the direction to God and instructions for spiritual worship. Worship would take on a new meaning if the average Christian properly appreciated the contents of this book. Worship for us today is no longer by ritual or in a specific place. To the woman of Samaria, Jesus said, 
Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The key, holiness to Jehovah. Message, the message is twofold. Number one, Leviticus teaches that the way to God is by sacrifice. The word atonement occurs 45 times. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Leviticus 17 verse 11. Atonement means to cover up. The blood of bulls and goats did not actually take away sin. It covered over until Christ came to take away our sins. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God. Romans 3 verse 25. Number 2. Leviticus teaches that the walk with God is by sanctification. The word holiness occurs 87 times. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have separated you from other people, that you should be mine. Leviticus 20 verse 26. God gave strict laws governing the diet, social life, and daily details involving every physical aspect of the lives of his people. These laws have a greater spiritual application to his people today. Access to God is secured for the sinner through the shed blood of Christ. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once, in the end of the ages, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews 9 verses 25 and 26. Those redeemed by the blood of Christ must live a holy life if they are to enjoy and worship God. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13 verses 20 and 21. Comment. Leviticus is a remarkable book as the contents are considered in the light of the New Testament. These suggestions are illustrative of this. Number one, the five offerings which open this book are clear, crystal-cut cameos of Christ. They depict his hypostatical person in depth and his death in detail, chapters 1 through 7. Number two, the consecration of the priests reveals how shallow and inadequate is our thinking of Christian consecration, chapters 8 through 10. Number three, the diet God provided for his people was sanitary, 
therapeutic and contains much spiritual food for our souls. Chapter 11. Number four, the attention given to motherhood is a further example of God's thinking concerning womanhood. Chapter 12. Number five, the fact that leprosy and its treatments are prominent in the heart of this book on worship demands our attention. Those who have been given gracious insights into scripture have found here a type of sin and its defiling effect on man in his relation to God. The cleansing of the leper finds its fulfillment in the death and resurrection of Christ in a most unusual sacrifice, two birds, chapters 13 through 15. Number six, the great day of atonement is a full-length portrait of the sacrifice of Christ, chapter 16. Number seven, the importance of the burnt altar in the tabernacle highlights the essential characteristic of the cross of Christ, chapter 17. Number eight, the emphasis on instructions concerning seemingly minute details in the daily lives of God's people reveals how God intends the human family to be involved with him, chapters 18 through 22. Number nine, the list of feasts furnishes a prophetic program of God's agenda for all time. Chapter 23. Number 10. The laws governing the land of Palestine furnish an interpretation of its checkered history and an insight into its future prominence. The nation Israel and the promised land are intertwined and interwoven from here to eternity. Chapters 24 through 27. In Genesis, man ruined. In Exodus, man redeemed. In Leviticus, man worshipping. In the book of Exodus, Exodus offers pardon. In Leviticus, Leviticus offers purity. In Exodus, God's approach to man. In Leviticus, man's approach to God. In Exodus, Christ is Savior. In Leviticus, Christ is sanctifier. In Exodus, man's guilt is prominent. In Leviticus, man's defilement is prominent. In Exodus, God speaks out of the mount. In Leviticus, God speaks out of the tabernacle. In Exodus, man is made nigh to God. In Leviticus, man is kept nigh to God. In the book of Leviticus, in the New King James Version of the Bible, the introduction says this, Leviticus is God's guidebook for his newly redeemed people, showing them how to worship, serve, and obey a holy God. Fellowship with God through sacrifice and obedience shows the awesome holiness of the God of Israel. Indeed, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Chapter 19, verse 2. Leviticus focuses on the worship and walk of the nation of God. In Exodus, Israel was redeemed and established as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Leviticus shows how God's people are to fulfill their priestly calling. The Hebrew title is Weyikra, and he called. The Talmud refers to Leviticus as the law of the priests and the law of the offerings. 
the Greek title appearing in the Septuagint is Leutikon, that which pertains to the Levites. From this word, the Latin Vulgate derived its name, Leviticus, which was adopted as the English title. The title is slightly misleading because the book does not deal with the Levites as a whole, but more with the priests, a segment of the Levites. And in the other version that I have, the New Living Translation, the very brief introduction says this, Author Moses, according to tradition, and date written 1445 through 1444 BC. Content, our entire lives should glorify God, from our religious worship to our daily tasks. With this in mind, the book of Leviticus was written as a handbook for the priests and Levites, the religious servants of Israel. Leviticus gives detailed rules concerning the daily lives of the Israelites and special procedures for the worship of the Lord. It provides instructions for offering sacrifices. Leviticus also describes the proper methods for the Israelites to observe major festivals and holidays and for the priests to carry out the duties of their office. And with this, we will get right into chapter 1 of Leviticus. And we are reading the Bible in Basic English Version, which is a public domain version and is available on the internet for free. And the voice of the Lord came to Moses out of the tent of meeting, saying, Give these orders to the children of Israel. When any of you makes an offering to the Lord, you are to take it from the cattle, from the herd, or from the flock. If the offering is a burned offering of the herd, let him give a male without a mark. He is to give it at the door of the tent of meeting so that he may be pleasing to the Lord. And he is to put his hand on the head of the burned offering and it will be taken for him to take away his sin. And the ox is to be put to death before the Lord. And then Aaron's sons, the priests, are to take the blood and put some of it on and round the altar which is at the door of the tent of meeting. And the burned offering is to be skinned and cut up into its parts. And Aaron's sons, the priests, are to put fire on the altar and put the wood in order on the fire. And Aaron's sons, the priests, are to put the parts, the head and the fat, in order on the wood which is on the fire on the altar. But its inside parts and its legs are to be washed with water, and it will all be burned on the altar by the priest for a burned offering, an offering made by fire for a sweet smell to the Lord. And if his offering is of the flock, a burned offering of sheep or goats, let him give a male without a mark, and he is to put it to death on the north side of the altar before the Lord, and Aaron's sons, the priests, are to put some of the blood on and round the altar. And the offering is to be cut into its parts, with its head and its fat, and the priest is to put them in order on the wood which is on the fire on the altar. But the inside parts and the legs are to be washed with water, and the priest will make an offering of all of it, burning it on the altar. It is a burned offering, an offering made by fire, for a sweet smell to the Lord. 
And if his offering to the Lord is a burned offering of birds, then he is to make his offering of doves or of young pigeons. And the priest is to take it to the altar, and after its head has been twisted off, it is to be burned on the altar and its blood drained out on the side of the altar. And he is to take away its stomach with its feathers and put it down by the east side of the altar where the burned waste is put. And let it be broken open at the wings, but not cut in two. And let it be burned on the altar by the priest on the wood which is on the fire. It is a burned offering, an offering made by fire for a sweet smell to the Lord. And that's our reading for today, Leviticus chapter 1. So thank you for joining me. I hope that this has been enlightening to you. And it's going to be quite a journey through Leviticus. It's... Um, hard for some people to get through and that doesn't mean though that we need to stop it's a matter of pushing through there's a lot of detail in here and a lot of people consider the book of Leviticus to be quite boring but as we heard Dr. J. Vernon McGee talk about there is so much detail in certain sections of Leviticus that pertain or reflect the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and so it's important for us to read it I believe I think it's a good thing because it gives us the book of Leviticus will give us a good clear picture of just how much Jesus saved us from because what we read in the book of Leviticus was what people had to adhere to and it had to be done in the specific way that was prescribed and if it wasn't done that way then it wasn't a good offering and so when we see when we talk about or think about the death of Jesus we realize as we go through the book of Leviticus just how simple God made atonement for sin through the death of Jesus Christ. So it's going to be a good thing to go through and look at and observe and think about. And once you get through the book of Leviticus, I think you will too appreciate all that Jesus did for us through his death on the cross in our place. So I'm hoping to see you tomorrow. We will finish this in 27 days and I will See you tomorrow for Leviticus chapter 2. Have a great day.